0: Uh, You don't have to listen to me as much today. Is that all right? The Methodist church still has room if you want to go there right now. Just kidding. Hey, glad you guys are here today. Today we're going to wrap up this series entitled Love Loud. This is the last, if you've missed any of our messages this month, there've been incredible challenges for us as the church to be who we're called to be. We're not called to point our fingers, judge, condemn, yell at, bark at, gripe about. We're called to love. You know that, right? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you must love your neighbor as yourself, right? So we've been challenging you guys. Hey, is there somebody you need to forgive? Do that. Is there somebody in a leadership position in your life, an authority of some sort? We're called, Scripture says, that all authority is placed by God Himself. Romans 13, read that. We're to honor and submit to those in leadership roles and authority in our lives. Last week, we basically challenged you to tell somebody. If you have Jesus in you, if you're eat up with Him, you're going to tell somebody. This same love and forgiveness that you've received from Jesus Christ, I'm thankful you've got it, but it's not just for you, it's for the whole world. Come on, for God so loved the, the world, right? He loves everybody and we need to let him out. We need to tell others what Jesus has done for us. So we're going to wrap it up today with another, hey, just real quick programming. Up. I got to tell them, Pastor Danny, next Sunday, next Sunday, say Sunday, Sunday, so, next Sunday, hey, we're going to have a special time of communion, okay? So we hope that you'll come, ready for that. We, we believe that communion, as we gather around the Lord's table and remember the sacrifice, it's a big deal. We don't ever tag it on to the end of a service. It is, it is our focal point. So I just want to invite you, those of you that are dialing in online, maybe you can come and join us live and in person next week and and celebrate with us. But today, we've got an important message as well. I've got some some friends up, we are still friends, right? After the first service, you never know. And uh, if if I screwed it up or made somebody mad or what have you, golly, this chair is not as, maybe I need health and wellness, I need something. I did have a think thin bar while ago in between services because I was told if you just think things, Anyway, I feel like a kindergartner right now. And I did not pick the right shirt to wear with the red chair. Who's the... Anyway. Um, hey, we have some... Stop it. We have some, some guests with us today. Today, we're going to deal with another area that I believe is... Man, it, it's probably one of the hottest topics in, in our nation today. And, and, and it just seems to me that as we make strides and, and maybe some adjustments or an awareness, with, something happens, the enemy stirs it up again, right? Today, we're going to talk about this, this idea of, of, of racial bias um, and, and, and move towards, hopefully today, considering racial reconciliation, um, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, it's present, and and I just know that that so flies in the face of the gospel. You you guys just declared, "For God so loved the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious, precious in His sight." Right. So so today, I just you know when you have things like what's happened the. Josie Smollett. I mean, you just feel like stuff is just, the enemy uses that stuff. And, and, and instead of uniting us and being United States, we're divided. And this is one of those main issues today. So, so today we're, we're kind of just going to have a dialogue about this idea of, of racial bias, racial prejudice, uh, but hopefully share some things that we can do to kind of move towards becoming united, that we could be be, be one. Because Mitch, I don't know if you know this, but in Christ, we are all one. We are. So let me introduce some folks to you. This is Amber. And Amber's uh, been a part of this house. She's ministered with us before. Uh, many of you maybe remember her when she has sang on the stage and she left us for some reason. I don't know. But Amber, I just know that a church alive is worth a drive. Okay. I'm just saying just kidding. No, Amber's going to, going to share with us today. And this is Mitch and Katie uh, Vicki. They are part of this house as well. So can you just show some honor and welcome in today for, for being here with us? And why don't you guys, Amber, why don't you start? Just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do professionally. Um, tell us a little bit about your family. I know your mama's coming next service, so we're really going to talk good about Miss Vicki when she gets here, but, but tell us about your family dynamic, the home you grew up and just, just help us understand you a little bit.
1: My name is Amber Johnson Bryan, and I'm a pediatric oncology social worker. And so I work with kids that are actively um, experiencing cancer as well as cancer survivors. Mm. And I'm a military kid, so I lived all over, but I was primarily raised in Hawaii. So I'm an island girl. You and look, you
0: look, I see Samoan in you.
1: <laughs> I'm not, but thanks. Samoan people are beautiful. Oh, no, They are. Um, and as far as my family dynamic, I come from a, a big family. There's six kids. I'm oh. a twin and um, was raised in the church my entire life, loved the Lord, and that's about it.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Katie?
2: Um, I'm Katie. Uh, Mitch and I have been married for almost 19 years. Um, we have lived in Bernie um, off and on the majority of our entire marriage. Um, I am have graduated from Bernie High School. I've been here for what feels like forever. What year did um, you graduate? In a good way. Uh, 97.
0: Okay, so do the math. I know
2: there's some class of '97. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we have four children um, and I work at Hill Country Daily Bread Ministries. Um, awesome.
3: uh, my name's Mitch. I'm more of an East Texas country boy. Um, yeah. You wore together. shoes today, at least. So that's good, Mitch. You got, Mitch has some sick kicks on. Love those. So most of the people in my life now don't know that I was a rodeo guy. I rode bulls and rope calves. And I married this young lady and it changed a lot in my life. But I did For grow the up. better. <laughs> I did grow up in the church. Um, grandfather was a pastor. Yes. Um, so it was just, it was a strong part of our life, still is. Um... I did get to get out and see the world, uh, do some missions and things like that. So it's just still growing and doing lots of stuff and learning how to raise kids now. Yeah,
0: I love that. One of the things that Mitch does professionally, Mitch, I just want to start with you if I can, but but Mitch is in construction, home remodeling, uh, the punch list company. Yeah, his business cards are in the lobby. He wanted me to, he'll be signing. Autographs no, i 'm just kidding, but but now I bring that up because Mitch, in the construction world, um, you know as a leader in, in, in that arena, you you probably have seen some of the things that we 're we're, we're focusing on today biases, prejudices towards people that that
3: are just a little bit different right yeah so i've been building i built houses for quite a long time, and we came to bernie san antonio area in like 2000 2000 somewhere in there and the culture here was very very different um i began to, to have empathy god kind of helped me see people in a different light from seeing management styles and people groups um taking advantage of and things like that so i started carrying around a small yellow dictionary spanish english dictionary and learned Spanish. Prove um, it. (laughs) Yup. Si puedo hablar si quieres. Quiero contestar. What?
0: what, Is that real? (laughs)
3: Um, But I started to see, like, people responded differently, jobs went better, actually my quality went up when I was able to to get to managing people in in their comfort zone, Mm. right? Because we forget that just say Hispanics, just say Spanish speakers, they come here and they're scared actually most of the time, whether they're legal or not, that's another deal, but they're in their little groups because it's comfortable and so they don't learn English very easily. And some of us don't understand that. We say, oh, they need to speak English. Well, they don't learn it. They're in a a tight-knit group because that's all they have for security. But I want you to know that racism and things, Mean things are still here today. Just last month, I went to a job site and was talking to a manager. He wanted to hire us to do some things. And we had a little conversation. He didn't like my price. And he told me that he could get his brown bodies to do it for $100. Mm. Mm. Right, so this is still part of our daily life. Whether some of us see it or not, it's Mm -hmm. still really prevalent. And I didn't punch him in the face. But, I mean, it's, it's... to the point yeah. where, that, yeah. that's where I feel and like. And those it's really
0: little happened. snide comments—I yeah. mean, they're huge. They carry huge. a lot of weight. And, and even again, when you heard that, you were able to kind of, judge, make a, a, a judgment about how this guy feels about some things. Not, not only from a professional standpoint, but I know y'all's family. You, you, Katie, you didn't really expand a lot on your family, but tell us about y'all's family dynamic.
2: Right, so we have four children. Our oldest three are biological, and our youngest is adopted, and he is from the Congo. Um, so he is I think black. We have
0: some pictures, maybe that we'll get to see up there. Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> they'll fill them up.
2: Okay, um, he is from the Congo. He came home three years ago. He's uh, six and a half now, um, and we.
0: There's one that doesn't look like the rest of you white people up there. <laughs> What's his name? Josiah. Josiah. That's a great name.
2: He's a cutie. Um, so, you know, in the adoption world, you do all this training and you, you try to prepare yourself for what is happening. And, and I think we thought we were prepared for what that would look mm. like to raise someone of a different color than us, a so transracial adoption. We did all the books and all the training and then it was real in our life and it was it looked very different. Um, from a practical standpoint, and there were things that we could do practically speaking like hair and care, like skin care and hair care and Lots all of those Lots of
3: things. lotion.
2: <laughs> That's the real thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then there were these other things that started um, to totally open our eyes to ugliness in our hearts, um, racism that we didn't realize we held onto because we live in this country, it's just as part of our society, and it's hard to not um, have racial bias. It's kind of impossible to not have racial bias living in the country that we live in. Um, So we've seen things through the eyes of our child now, um, and what that will look like for him as he grows into a man. Mm. Um, He's a cute, adorable kid when he came home. Um, I mean, he's still cute and adorable, but he is getting bigger and bigger. And what that will look like for him when he's 12, 15, and he's more of a threat we've had to be really realistic about yeah. what that will look like for him.
0: Yeah. Did y'all find that Black Panther picture? No. Oh, didn't you didn't know. find it? There's a picture you posted several right. months back with him posting his Black Panther. And for yeah. him, that was kind of like empowering, wasn't it? Right. To, to none. And that movie was was that for so many people of right. a... Uh,
2: well, and a the guy, story yeah. behind that, can I share that story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, was that that day, I mean, we've seen black like representation of um, black superheroes or just black characters in general, people being able to see things, children being able to see themselves portrayed in movies and stuff is important. But that day, um, he had been told at school, he's in first grade, had been told in school that he was ugly because he was black and that the kid didn't want to sit next to him because he had ugly skin and, so it came out in a huge meltdown, awful, I hate myself, I hate my skin, I don't wanna look mm-hmm. like this, I wanna match everybody else. It became a really huge thing for him. Um, so our sweet neighbor had this Black Panther costume and she walked down to our um, house and he put it on and it was just this whole like representation of like, him feeling like proud of who he was. Um, and that, the Black Panther thing totally helped that, but he I love was, it. yeah.
0: I love that. Amber, also in your profession, you probably have experienced some biases and prejudices um, and maybe even personally as well. Can you maybe expand on some of that?
1: Sure. At my job, a lot of our clientele, a lot of our patients are Hispanic and black. And so um, I've heard comments from other Hispanic people actually and um, white staff members just make comments about, um, the fact that they have a lot of kids, or you know, they're aggressive, or things like that, mm-hmm. and. Um most of the patients are, you know, lower socioeconomic status. And so just some of the stereotypes um, that people have learned about over the years, they've uttered. And as a social worker, you know, I do a thorough psychosocial assessment on all of the patients, so I have a better understanding of where they come from. And so, not that I'm perfect, but when I hear that, it, it definitely grieves, grieves mm, my heart because true. I'm like, you don't, you don't know their life at all. Um, And so personally, um, I've experienced racism and things like that and something that comes to mind is when I was in a relationship and he was, uh, he's half white and half Hispanic and um, his parents did not like me at all and made it very clear and said, we've never had a black person, you know, in our, in our family and, um, your skin's too dark and your body's too whatever and your hair's this and that. And they just made these, you know, overt comments to me. And of course that was very difficult to process. And, um, I wasn't given a chance at all because of how I look. Mm. Um, and so thankfully that relationship is over. (laughs) Um, but,
0: Hey, yeah. are you looking? Because I might be able to take care of you today with somebody, I just... <laughs> I mean, i sure. You don't have I, sure. to answer that. Sure, she said sure. Amber will also be in the atrium today if anybody's interested, so... Sorry. You never know what you're gonna get up here with me, Amber. That's,
1: it's fine. But, but to, to piggyback off of what they said, it very much is alive and well, and it may look different than mm-hmm. it did, you know, decades ago, but it still is an issue that's yeah. going on.
0: I love what you said because it was It's not just the skin color, but you even alluded to socioeconomics and how those their prejudices and biases even towards people that that live at different levels. I mean, it, it, you, we can make it about which high school you go to, even it, it, right? Come on, you know I'm talking right now. Uh, but there's so many things. So not just with the color of someone's skin, but but man, we 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 just man, we care around so many opinions and judgments based on so many other factors. People with disabilities. People with don't we 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 can tend to look down upon all of that as well. So, but getting back to 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 race and and, and what what are some things that that you guys would, would encourage us with in, in relation to race relations or biases or what are some things that, Amber, I'll we'll just start with you, but the, the things that you think would be healthy for us because, again, I don't think God sees color. He sees people, right? And, and we want to get back to, to loving those things that God loves and He loves people. So what would you say that might, might help someone listening today?
1: Yeah, well, I would say... Um I call it coming from a place of not knowing, and it's something I learned in grad school. And it just means when you're talking to someone who looks different from you, or just has, comes from a different background, allowing them to be the experts of their own story. So just listening, asking questions, tell me about this, not discounting their reality, yes. um, validating their feelings. Okay, so you experienced this and how did that make you feel? And it takes time to learn that, but it's really about being an empathetic person and, and using reflective listening skills because it's easy to think, oh, well, you're you're Mexican and so you're this way or you're Vietnamese or you're black or, you know, you're a woman or, you know, we were talking about the different cross sections, you know, there's racism, there's classism, there's ableism, mm. there's... All types of different um, different subgroups and different ways of thinking, and so it's just allowing that person with the disability to explain how it is for them or yeah. that, um, per, that that person that part of the LGBTQ community yeah. allowing yeah. them to just talk and yes. to and at the end of the day, you can't agree to disagree you don't have to condone whatever it is, but it's just getting back to that human level Absolutely. and just having that respect and that dignity for that person that mm-hmm. may be different from you.
0: Yeah. And Mitch, when, when I heard you explain, man, I, I, I'm a white guy from East Texas, but I took the time to to learn Spanish so that I could enter into and try to understand and communicate, right? It's kind of the same thing Amber's talking about here. It's huge.
3: Yeah. So there was a lesson that you said years ago that kind of changed my mind. And it was whenever I would you, you told us to look at each person. Like, so in the mornings, in my vivid memory, is my, Whataburger is my first stop, right? Come on, somebody. <laughs> come on. How many favorite colors? Orange and white. Anybody in my talk? Come on. So I started looking at every person that day thinking, like, what does God want? What does God want? Yeah. And so as we started dealing with race and this empathy thing that I had, I started asking, kind of in, internalizing and asking God what, what is in me what, what do I need to change what are the little things and you know in our in most of us when we hear the word racism or racist you're a racist we think that it's you know the 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 old way of thinking is that it is one person who's consciously making an effort to have bad intent or to hurt somebody and and in my mind now that's not the true definition the true definition is is it, it's any thought, it's, a, it's any sin that's in you that says, Ooh. if I see this couple that's a mixed race, and you kind of cringe, or if you, if you see a young man that my son is going to be in Bernie, Texas, if you're a person that sees him and locks your door, if you're, if you're the person that looks at him, if he has a hoodie on, that you think that he's going to be something or mm. do something, even mm. though he has the exact history and heritage that my other three kids have. Mm. To me, that's, nice. that's the things that you have to start thinking and saying, that.
0: well, maybe that's not right, maybe yeah. That's wrong. yeah. Katie, what are some things that you think might be helpful for people f- to help us grow, to help us just become better in this?
2: Right, I think um, our personal experience was that we, um, we were kind of forced to look at things in a different way and to see the ugly stuff in our hearts. Um, that deep-seated racial bias or racism or whatever, but it also forced us to read things, to watch things, to talk to people that made us feel really uncomfortable.
1: Mm.
2: So I think my I mean, my best advice or wisdom to give in that is that do things that make you feel uncomfortable, um, that challenge you. You're not going to like it. You're not going to feel good about it. You're going to want to fight it. Um, but I... I think the idea that you know people like cringe at the word white privilege, or they cringe at the idea that we could have any um, innate kind of biases or racial biases. But like I said before, like we can't live in this country and not have them. So I think being realistic about that, um, and then asking God to show you where where that ugly, gross sin is in your heart. And I think we had a conversation early, like like the things that like I you know yes, it's been a from our perspective is we are not, we are white people. We grew up white, we do not have a perspective of someone that's grown up um, as a person of color, but we have the perspective now of what our children or what our child will live through. Um, But I lost my train of thought. (laughs) right white privilege right so like being challenged by that <laughs> so it doesn't just,
0: yeah. not just me
2: <laughs> she's like white privilege go back to that thank go back you to
0: that. thank you i <laughs> said white privilege yeah go
2: no, I know, but I think that people get really defensive in that, but I would challenge you that, like, what do you have to lose in being in sitting in um, humility in that mm. and listening to people and maybe thinking differently than you've ever thought before about that? Like, there's nothing that you have to lose in that except yeah. sin, and we want to lose that. Um, I think I would challenge people also to, to um, celebrate people's differences. I Absolutely. think that as white people, we also like to go, I'm colorblind, everybody's the same to me, but that's not true. Um, our son knows that he looks different. The people in his class know he looks different. Um, and that's from a young age. And I think we had, I was, <laughs> I'm not gonna throw Mitch under the tea in this time, but we have a children's book that Mitch wanted to um, bring. But uh, it's just this really sweet story um, about children noticing the differences and things because we um, serve a very creative um, God. Yes. And he created ridiculous things like peacocks and giraffes and all of these things that are very different and Mm -hmm. amazing. And so he created all of us differently, skin tone, hair texture, facial features, body, all of that. So like pretending that's not a thing I think is... um, is forgetting that we serve a creative God yeah, and we should celebrate good. those differences that's and acknowledge like them. It.
0: Diversity. Aren't you thankful that there's diversity, right? I, I loved it and, and, and I, I kind of, I love what you guys are saying about this understanding and inner-to-a-dialogue. I was visiting with uh, uh, a, a black gentleman a couple of months ago, in Brooklyn. He said, man, I'm from Brooklyn. And um, he said, you know, a lot of times we, the, we, we just want to fix something. You know, we need more coaches of Color in the NFL or we need we 're going to promote people within our organizations so there 's nothing wrong with those things, but the greatest gift Jason that anyone could ever give is just sit down and, and let 's just have a conversation and and try to to understand and and just listen and talk don 't try to fix it but let's just let 's just be human if we can with one another. I love that in diversity you, you know the, the, that 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 um, love. And, and, um, is, is at the core of the gospel. You guys know that, right? And the core of the gospel says that in Christ, we are one. We are that he loves all of us. We are all, all one there. I want to encourage you guys. I think we have a few of these left in our, this is a plug for our restore area, but, but we actually have a book back there that's called the gospel and, and racial reconciliation. And, and I love how, you know, from the very beginning of Genesis, there's been, there's been racial tension, brother against brother, tribe against tribe, nation against nation. I mean, it's been a problem, not just in our day and time, but, but really from the beginning, but that Jesus is able to come and that the core of the gospel, we find that love. In fact, I'm going to read you a passage of scripture. First John four, beginning verse seven, it says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But look what verse eight says. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is what? He's love. God is what? He's love. And God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. So check this out. If you're a white person here, or even if if you're Asian, if you're black... If you're Latino here today, listen, you know, we, we weren't the people of Jesus. We weren't his people. We weren't of his tribe, but we were human and mankind and the objects of God's great love. And Jesus demonstrated that love for us by going to the cross and dying for us. So who are we to say that? Uh, you're not worthy. You're not worthy. Oh, you're worthy. see what I'm saying? And we do that, don't we? glad Jesus didn't look at us from the cross that way, that he died for even those that were responsible for putting him there. Verse 10 says, this is real love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Hey guys, listen, love is a sign that we belong to Jesus. It is. I'm sorry, the fish symbol on the back of your car Uh, the NTC sticker. Listen, love is a sign that we belong to Jesus. And so if we call ourselves the people of God, we better get back to loving the people that God loves. And He loves everyone. Are you with me there today? That's the person that has a different skin tone to you. I'm glad you said facial or body hair. You did. (laughs) You did facial feet you said hair those that have none or those that haven't. Hey, check this out. When, when I was in Africa, when I was in Africa, of course, they call him Mzungu, 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 white man, white man, white man. And I'm bald. I look like Shrek. You know, I don't know if they've ever seen him. But the little kids would walk with me and they'd pull the hair on my arms because they're smooth skin. And to them, I was an anomaly. I was big time and I loved it. And they'd just walked with Mzungu through the village. Listen, as the people of God, we need to love people that God loves. I want to ask you to stand. And by the way, hey, thank them. Give some honor today. If we can. Thank you guys so much. Hey, so yeah, check this out. Mitch nailed it. Mitch nailed it when he called racial prejudice and bias. He called it sin. You know that's what it is, right? It's sin. What, what, what our nation needs, what Dr. King spoke about 56 years ago, standing there in Washington, D.C. What, what we need is, is we need to understand the gospel of Jesus. Okay, we need to understand that. And, 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 and when we live outside the gospel, that's called sin. This morning, this morning, here's what I'm gonna call you to do. Because when we identify that we have a sin problem, the next step is that we repent of that sin. You you, you did that when you said yes to Jesus. You you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and we know that the wages of that sin is death, right? We know that. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. But when I said yes to Jesus, I acknowledged my sin, and then you know what I did, Brittany? I repented of that. You know what that word repentance means? It means that I stopped doing what I'm doing, and I walk a totally different direction. I'm just telling you, as saved, born again, redeemed people of God, we need to repent of our sin this altar is open right now for those of you that would declare this today and maybe you want to come and just kneel hey father forgive me for looking at someone with a different skin tone in a different manner or light but maybe today you've not loved people like you've been called to love people because they've, they've got something that's just different it's a difference than you disabled speak a different language if that's you i want you to come and you kneel down here today come on i know there's some people in this room that need to repent right now maybe you've looked at someone because they they grew up in a different part of town they go to a different high school am i talking anybody? you come and you nail down right now repent you've judged a man You, you 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 you've thought ill of them because of something different today this altar's open i'm glad there's one honest person in this house right now you, you come right now that the sun sets free is free indeed come on do we need to sing repentance of any thoughts today God doesn't see color he doesn't see ability or disability he doesn't see socioeconomics he doesn't see what high school you go to he doesn't see what state you live in he doesn't see who you voted for in the last election. He sees people. If we love God, we're going to love the things He loves. The sun sets free. Father, forgive us. Forgive us of our sin.